Let's just pray for Jack before he speaks to us, shall we? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Jack. Lord, we want to thank you for your work in his life and his testimony of how you have been true to his, your promises to him. Lord, you've been faithful to him and that you brought new life into his heart. Lord, we pray this morning as he just comes to uh, bring your word to us and open up the Bible a little bit, that you would just help him, Lord, just to communicate what's on his heart and help us to listen and to have hearts that we're ready to receive what you want to speak to us about this morning. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ben. Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Mother's Day. And it's a great time to celebrate mothers. My mum is the definition of patience, tolerance, and love, really. She's often sort of forgiven us for bringing her many toys that we shouldn't have done, like dumper tucks and tractors. So if, you, if you're a wife and you've got a husband who brings home things that you shouldn't do, talk to her afterwards. She might give you some tips. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to be here. And also, there's lots of spiritual mothers in the church as well, and I've certainly benefited a lot over the years from people that have invested in me. So if you are a spiritual mother or a real mother, well, sorry, that was a (laughs) Get my first faux pas out of the way and we should be good. But yeah, if you're a mother and or a spiritual mother, thank you very much. So this morning we're carrying on in the series in the book of John. And the main focus of today is the great commandment to love one another. And we're going to briefly explore a little bit either side of the passage as well. So we'll start with verse 21 from John 13. I'll be behind you on the screen and I can see Bolly running back, so that should be good. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What are you going to do? Do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out. And one of the bits that really stuck out to me in that passage is verse 21, where it says, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And we know God was fully God and fully man. And as fully man, he experienced the same emotions that we did same hurt and the same pain. And Jesus is called the great high priest who intercedes on us on our behalf. So if you struggle with worry or anxiety, it must be quite comforting to know that the very man who intercedes on your behalf is someone who's felt the same emotions and pain and worry that you yourself have. He's not just a distant God who knows in theory. He knows in practice and reality. So I think that's a pretty cool thing about God. So we're going to read on in verse 31. When he'd gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
And we've arrived at my favorite part of the passage today, the instruction to love one another. And when we think about love, lots of different things will come to mind. There's lots of different ways to show love, and it also depends on your relationship with the person you're loving as well. So I thought we'd have a bit of fun, and I'm going to show you some pictures of different people I love, and we'll talk a little bit about them. So, picture number one, cats. Now, you can all admire how cute I was as a child. You might still think I'm cute now, but don't save that for later. <laughs> and we show love to cats by giving them lots of food and cuddles and attention and taking lots of photos, if you're me. Up next, we have our community group. Now, in between our many Bible studies, we enjoy good social. So in this picture here, we're doing a bit of a quiz. We had to drive around in our cars and look for clues. And for extra brownie points, we needed a picture of someone with a dog. So Billy is quite brave, so he approached some random stranger and asked for a photo. And then Carney thanked her by tripping over her dog as we left. <laughs> so that was loving on her part. I'm not sure we re reciprocated that quite as well as we should have done. Up next, we have my grandma. Now, I don't live close to grandma. She lives in the northeast, so... We show our love in a different way. We call and text regularly. I'm um, unofficial tech support. That takes some doing at times. And when we're together, we go and sit in cafes to go for walks, and we just enjoy spending time together. And up next is some of my friends. Now, it is a bit of a standing joke that all I ever cook for people is for heaters. Now, there's an element of truth in that. I mean, I do do quesadillas and other Mexican food, but it's kind of how we roll. And so I, I love my friends by having them around for food and playing games and doing that kind of thing. And last but not least, we have Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Someone that I love. Sadly, she doesn't love me back. Probably doesn't know I exist. But I do enjoy watching a good rom-com with her. <laughs> I did run that past Ben first, so I shouldn't get into trouble. <laughs> So there are just a few different examples of people I love, and indeed I love them in different ways. If I gave my grandma a bag of Dreamy, she's probably not going to be quite as happy as the cat. So there's lots of different ways to love each other. And in the passage, we see Jesus loving his disciples by eating food together, by talking with them. And it's clear he loved them as friends. They weren't just servants to do his bidding. They were more than that. And even Jesus was reclining next to his friend with the disciple whom he loved. And it's a great, great picture, that, isn't it? And we even see earlier on in the passage, Jesus loves his friend Lazarus. He raises him from the dead. And even his response to Martha and Mary was different because he knew them individually. And his response changed depending on who he was talking to. So thinking today, I thought we'd see how we can love different people. And we'll start with people who are easy to love. And Jesus said, love your neighbor. I think that's a good place to start. And I'm quite fortunate because we've got really nice neighbors. So I tend to think of neighbors in the same, loving neighbors, a bit like Matthew 7. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. So a lot of our neighbors are quite organized. They often organize like walks or meals or games. And that's how they love us. And me and Adam are a bit more on the practical side of life, so we fix broken Nerf guns, lawn mowers, and we do the barbecuing sometimes at events. So we love them differently, depending on who we are and who they are as well. But having great neighbours is a bit of a reminder 
that anyone can love their neighbor. They don't know Jesus, yet they love us so well. So our testimony to our neighbors has got to be more than just loving them and being kind, because anyone can do that. It's got to be with words and witness as well. And I'm not particularly good at words with neighbors sometimes, but Phoebe is. So often when Phoebe comes around to see Adam and she's friendly with our neighbors, she's in the WhatsApp group now, so she's made it. But when, I, when people are ill, Phoebe sometimes offers to pray for them and invites them to tiny dots and things like that. So that's a really great way just to show love in a practical way. And I was walking to church last week. My car was in the garage yet again. And the birds were singing, the sun was in the sky. It was really nice. And I was reminded of the Bible verse where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the scars proclaim his handiwork, or the work of his hands. And also the bit where Jesus triumphantly entered the city on the donkey, and the disciples are proclaiming him to be the Messiah. And the Pharisees tell Jesus, said, aren't you going to rebuke him? And he said, no, because I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And I was kind of reminded that the skies proclaim his handiwork, but also I should too. I was going to share it last week because I thought that was what God was saying to me, but I bottled it. So, <laughs> so if you do feel like God's talking to you, don't bottle it because he often has good things to say to us. And yeah, but that might resonate with some of you. Maybe you guys love your neighbors or your friends, but maybe you need to do it with words as well to tell them about Jesus. And some other easy to people love are our church family. Now, most of you probably know I'm single, which, yes, is hard to believe, but there we go. And singles in church, we don't always feel like we fit in. There's often families, family events, and it's all too easy sometimes to sit there and wish you had a wife and kids, and you feel like you're missing out a little bit. But with these guys, we don't. We see in Acts that the disciples, they ate together, they broke bread, they prayed, and they did all sorts of things with glad and sincere hearts. And our community group, I think, is a great reflection of that. We meet together weekly, and not every week is a Bible study. I might be few and far between, actually. But we pray together often. We read, uh, during the week, we can put prayer requests in our WhatsApp chat. And praying for one another is a great way to care for people. There's the spiritual aspect that we're doing battle in the heavenly realms, and that's always great. But it's often just a relief to know that people stand with you and are praying together too. So... That's, that's something I really love. And we place a lot of emphasis on being together in each other's company. We often eat at our many uh, socials and we play games. And they're just a great bunch of people to be around. And I feel part of the family and I feel loved. And I think that's a really great way to love people is just to welcome them and accept them as who they are. Now, those people are easy to love. And we can do it in our own strength. You know, there's times when it's hard, but it's always... It seems few and far between when you think, oh, I'm really struggling to love my family. But there are certain groups of people where we definitely need some extra help to love them. There's people who aren't easy to love. Now, if you're a kid this morning, you're probably thinking of your siblings. Even if you're an adult, you might be, actually. But it might be people that are mean to you, or they might say harsh words, or they're only interested in you when they want something. And there's, most of us in here will think of someone that we struggle to love. But the way in which we're called to love these people is just the same in which we're called to love those who we do find easy to love. So we're to be easy to get along with, slow to anger, not harsh to our words, humble, 
and many other things like that. But we're not called to be doormats either. And it's often assumed that we are, but we do have to be wise in how we show our love. And as a bit of a side note, there's certainly tough love too. Loving people isn't always affirming their actions or their lifestyle if it contradicts what God tells us to do. So if I was professing to love Jesus on a Sunday, but my life reflected very differently on Monday or Saturday, then the most loving course of action would be for someone just to gently take me aside and draw alongside and offer some gentle correction. So sometimes we have to do that too. And we saw Jesus rebuking his disciples and he disciplined them so that they had become more like him. So that was just a bit of a side note, but I thought I'd stick that in. And in the passage today that we just read, we see Jesus being friendly with Judas. Now, by this point in time, Jesus knows that one of them will betray him. Yet, despite this, Jesus was still in their company, eating together, praying, and being loving. And even today, we often label people as a Judas, don't we? It's in the news this week that a former P&O ferry star referenced those that had gone back as people that had taken their 30 pieces of silver which is reference to the fee that Judas got for betraying Jesus. So it's quite an emotive language calling someone a Judas, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't love them. And when Jesus said, love your enemies, he meant people like Judas. And Judas was someone who betrayed him, which ultimately led to his death. Yet he didn't go back on that. So there's definitely no wiggle room in that command. And when we try really hard, we can love people that are difficult, maybe for days, maybe for weeks. If you're really saint-like, you might even get years out of it. But it's hard to love on our own strength. And we can become bitter, out of religious obligation. And there's there's no joy in being Christ-like when you're doing it in your own strength. It's, It's a struggle sometimes, isn't it? But as Christians, we don't have to go it alone. So we'll look at some of the practical ways you can love with the help of Jesus. I think prayer is a really great place to begin because God knows our hearts, he knows where we're at, but he still invites us to communicate with him, to talk and share in our struggles and in our joys and it's that relationship that makes it easier. So, And by telling him our struggles, we can commit them to God and he takes our burdens off us and we can receive help from the Holy Spirit. And it's certainly good to tell Christians as well, like I mentioned earlier, that can pray for you. And having someone alongside you to pray with you, to encourage you and support you is one of the the best ways you can love people in tough situations. And recently I was telling someone about a situation where I was struggling to be loving and kind to a certain person. And this, this person I was talking to offered some really good advice and they prayed for me. And you go away, you're on a bit of a spiritual high, you know. I was talking to Steph, listen, actually, and Steph prayed for me. I thought, I'm going somewhere now. I've got the big guns in. And the week that followed was perhaps the toughest week I'd had with them. I can't, great. But what did change was not the person that I was struggling with, but my heart. And it's it's a slow process, I think, for me. But I said many prayers that week, some quick, some long. And it just helps to give it over to God and say, you know what? I'm struggling, but you don't. You can help me with this. And praying regularly helps me to hand over things to God and stops me becoming bitter and twisted, because that's a bad place to be. And in Romans 12, Paul does encourage us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And he also tells us to be faithful in prayer. And it's important that we pray continually in these circumstances, rather than pray once, call it a day, and then move on. Because we're all guilty of that, and we think, well, I've prayed about in the morning, 
God will either move or he won't. You know, I've done my bit. But it's, it's a relational thing. It's a regular thing. So it's, that's a great reminder, I think, to bring things regularly to Jesus in prayer. And knowing our Bible is another important tool in loving people. Because the Holy Spirit is absolutely great at prompting us in certain Bible verses. But if you don't know any, it's hard to be reminded of something you don't actually know. And in situations where it's tough showing the love of Jesus, I find it helpful to make a particular verse my catchphrase, something that I tell myself regularly and I pray about too. For example, sometimes it can be, poor to love the, uh, it can be hard to love the poor. I used to help at Food Bank and we had people, clients come in that were known drug users. And we can sometimes subconsciously divide people into deserving of our help and undeserving of our help. And you'd often sit there thinking, are they just saving money on food so they can buy more drugs? And it's quite a hard thing to then hand over the food because we're all human, we're all flawed, and we can be judgmental. So I would regularly remind myself that while I was still a sinner, God shew his love for me. It's a pretty humbling reminder that I've received something far greater than food for doing absolutely nothing. My best efforts were a filthy rag, but yet God does show us love while we were dead in our trespasses. So that really helped me not to pass judgment. And it was a regular thing. I didn't think about it once, and then I was sorted. But by regularly reminding myself of truth, you can love in tough situations. And another verse I like to remind myself of is Ephesians 2, verse 8. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. What a wonderful gift that is. And I, I like that, you know. We don't deserve it, but he loves us anyway. And that is a good place to be, I think. And my final point, I'm going to get the fav- famous catchphrase in, I'm coming into land, so you've all still got about ten minutes, really. But That's <laughs> 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 Sarah getting me back. And... Being a spirit-filled person is what really helps us to love. And we've already touched on it this morning, the fact that you cannot do it alone. It's so important we live with the Holy Spirit, who helps us beyond our own strength and to keep loving in difficult situations. And the gifts of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, they're all qualities we need to love people that are sometimes easy to love, but often people that are hard to love. I mean, my mum loves me, and I think I'm pretty easy to love. But she's certainly had a lot of patience, kindness, and faithfulness over the years raising me. So it really helps. And at the start of lockdown, I read a book by Corrie Ten Boom called The Hiding Place. And it's about a Christian family who are in occupied Holland, and they start hiding Jews in their family. And they take great personal risk, but they do it because that's what Jesus would do. And they end up getting caught, someone sort of grasses them up, and they're arrested by the German secret police. And they end up in a concentration camp. And throughout their ordeal, they find ways to love their fellow prisoners. They share vitamins that they've smuggled in. They pray for each other, they offer encouragement, and they do secret Bible studies. Now, reading their account is incredibly humbling. In the darkest times, Corrie and her sister Betsy find ways to love which is where we are, I certainly would struggle loving people in that situation. And they love beyond their means because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they, they, yeah, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's what makes it possible. And there's a great 
quote here from Corey, who sums up a spirit-filled life so well. Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. I think that's a great quote, so I'm going to read it again, actually. Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. And they are people that endured real suffering, real hardship and pain. But by being filled with the Holy Spirit, they did show love in a brilliant way, I think. Now, we're going to read the last section of the passage together. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. Now, Jesus loved Simon Peter, even though he would, in a way, betray him too. And it's important to have a good measure of grace for those that we love, because we love people, but we don't always get it right. So it's important to forgive those who we love that often do silly things. And I've talked today about different ways that you can show love, and it'd be great to think about ways we can love each other as we go out from church this week. And if there's anyone here that is really struggling in a certain situation, you know, come and get prayed for afterwards. Now, I'm gonna, I've got you all here, you're a captive audience, so we're going to do something slightly different. I would like you all to pray for the person next to you. We're just going to take a couple of minutes. We're going to pray that you'll have a week filled with the Holy Spirit and that you will love. And yeah, just show Jesus' love through that. So if you want to turn to the person next to you, we're just going to pray for each other for a couple of minutes to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we will invite the band back up. And once we've done that, to sing another song.